first and foremost, I uh, just want to thank you, Ta, for the privilege and the opportunity, and uh, we don't take it lightly, and uh, I, I, I have a time, limited time, but uh, Paul, great message, thank you very much, but in Canada, it's not a house, it's a hoose, <laughs> and... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, let me get a crack on. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> Depends where you come from, of course. So, we, we live in a postmodern Christian era, and, and which has already drifted away from the early church and good Bible. And uh, we live in the era where the philosophies and conspiracy theories abound and are everywhere. Uh, Russ Doty says, good philosophy is not always good Bible. And so we have to align up with the Word of God and understand that first and foremost. We have to understand that this has already been compounded by the, the COVID dilemma that we've been through where people have opted for the couch over the congregation uh, gathering, or more sadly, people have drifted away, lost their vision, lost their focus on Christ, and allowed their hearts to be taken over by other interests and things that do not concern his mission and his kingdom. And it's now vitally even more important that we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on his ways. And so today I want to talk about on uh, Keep your eye on the drift. And for us to understand a little bit of that, uh, we look at Scripture, not my great ideas. Uh, you know, when I was in heaven and Lord, the Lord said, who wants brains? I thought he said trains. And I said, not for me, thanks. And uh, I walked off. Anyway, so Luke 9, so I need the Greek and I need the Hebrew. And often it's just too much Greek for me. But anyway... Luke 9.51, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus at this time had just fed the 5,000. He was moving on, uh, but he had a mission, and he had established his kingdom, and he was headed up to a higher place, up to Jerusalem, up to be taken up on the cross, and then taken up into glory. And we have to understand that at this point in time in his life, he did not want to hang around, and you can read the scriptures, the Samaritan said, no, we don't really want too much to do with this guy. Peter puts it this way in 2 Peter 1.10. He says, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail or you will never fall. So, of course, the question is, what qualities is he talking about? And if we go a little verses before that, we will see that he says the qualities of faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. And they are all focused on Christ and his character and who he is and his kingdom calling, which is our kingdom calling for us to walk into it. Paul says it like this in Ephesians 4.1, I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And now with this calling in mind, and this as Tasa beautifully laid for us last night, this kingdom mission, this kingdom calling, this uh, mission we're on together, uh, when we understand this, the great commissioning of us all, and uh, we live in the view of standing firm and focused 
on what Jesus, he, when he was facing opposition, his face was set resolutely on the mission and the calling that he had given. He didn't waver. He didn't go through side alleys and take uh, off the, you know, my picture is the 401 and all these little offshoots. Stay on the 401. And we understand that oppositions come from various areas, societal woes, uh, the whole point of where we're coming out of or are out of, depending how you feel about it, uh, but these all will attempt to drift us of course. So the question is, are we staying the course or are we drifting? Are we staying on our, the calling that Christ has given us or are we drifting? Are we keeping our eyes focused, our hearts and minds directed and focused on Jesus? Or have we allowed the vagaries of life in various circumstances to drift us, of course, because it's too hard, Pastor. It's too hard. I can't do it anymore. Well, we need to stay on course and place our eyes on Jesus and stay focused on Him. Story, two men in a boat, and they decide they're going to go fishing one day, and they get in this boat, and that's why I had that picture up earlier, and they row over to a place where they think, man, there's good fish here, let's fish. And they just carry on and they're fishing away and all of a sudden they hear this noise behind them. And they realize that they have drifted to the waterfall. But by now it's too late. And they try to row themselves out of danger and they go over the waterfall. The good news for us is even when we're in danger we can still turn to Christ and we will be saved. So there's a few things we need to know about drifting. Number one, drifting requires no effort. You can just sit in your boat and you can just go along. Hebrews 2.1 says, Therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. We must, King James Version says, we must give the more earnest heed to it. I love the stronger language that it's just, stop just hanging around. You know, if you've ever been sailing or you're in a wind or you've ever rowed a boat, if you're not paying attention, you will drift somewhere. If you're not tacking against the wind, uh, you will drift. When we are not conscious, subconscious, conscious of our faith, our intentionality of who Christ is, the direction we are going, our calling, make our calling assured, we will drift a lot in life. The undercurrents of life will come. You know, in a hot air balloon, if you've ever had the privilege of doing that, the, the shift in the winds is ever so imperceptible. And while you think you're headed this way, you notice that that tree over there is not over there anymore, it's over there, because you've been shifted and you've been drifting slowly. And the same goes with the, the gravitational pull uh, when we, we're moving along. The undercurrent of where we are standing, the surface that we're on does not reflect what is going on underneath. And we have to be aware of that, of what, the, what is society pushing and politically and socioeconomically trying to push us in the direction. A hot air balloon will, will help us understand this. The spiritual realm, there are also winds and gravitational pulls that are not of the Holy Spirit that will try and drift, drift us off. As, as Tyron said last night so much, uh, I've been around where the lion roars and it is earth-shaking, if I could put it this, uh, the least. And you just know that out there, you're not king. There's something greater than you that's uh, sneaking around you. Galatians 1.6, he says, I'm astonished that you're so qu 
quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of God and are turning to a different gospel. Galatians further on says, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? We gave you the direction. We gave you the focus. We gave you the mission, the great commission. We gave you the kingdom. Why are you doing something different? The Amplified Bible puts it even a little bit better, taking uh, my, my teacher's view. Oh, you foolish and thoughtless and superficial Galatians. That is deep. <laughs> How would you like to be called foolish, superficial, and thoughtless? No, not I, said the clown. The Greek concept of this has the same idea of someone who can think for themselves but doesn't choose to. We'll just go with the flow of what's going on. Christian lifestyle requires us to be intentional. And it also requires that we don't just check our brains at the door. The, second, the third point is boats never drift upstream. Where the source of life lives. Canadians will understand this even better. Salmon do not, dead salmon, only float downstream. They do not float upstream. It's an impossibility. They, the live ones fight their way up the stream to the source of life and to the place they originated from. There's explanation too long to go into right now, but we just, just trust me on this one. I know I sound like your banker. 2 Peter 1.5, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge. Peter, 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Christ. We have to grow into this thing. You know, we didn't just land on planet Earth and grow like Topsy. It's not a direct motion of osmosis. There is an intentionality for us to mature and to grow into things that Christ is calling us into. We live in God's grace, and we, yet we still need to be faithful, and faithlessness when we keep rowing wherever we go, upstream against the tide of opposition, against popular opinion, or maybe unpopular opinion. We don't have to follow the road all the time. What we have to do is follow Christ. Stay focused on Him. Number four, the speed downstream increases. It certainly does increase. As the drifting boat picks up speed, so too does the danger increase. If you've ever visited Niagara Falls and heard the roar of their water and just stood, and I've been there and I've just stared at it and I've thought about what power there is in this water going over the, and some people have gone over sadly. You know, when I was a kid, I was sharing last night, well, I used to ride my bicycle, um, look more, no hands, Downhill, speed increased, look more, no teeth. <laughs> We've got to be careful. If you already hear the waterfall, it's probably too late. You are in the danger zone. And I encourage you strongly, start rowing the boat and get back to following Christ. When you lose sight of land, it's even more difficult to discern the drift because there is no marker for you to look at. We love to quote the scripture, James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Yeah, it's not Bible. It says, submit yourself therefore unto God. Resist the devil. There is a higher power, there is a greater God, there is almighty God that is there. And when we stay under his shadow and we stay focused on him, then we are able to resist the enemy's plans for us. Well, 
The enemy is still raging, but we can live in that vacuum of safety under God's hand. We drift away from the anchor, the rock. We care less about things, our spiritual welfare. Our spiritual compass is already spinning out of whack. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearances of evil. And I want to declare today that that word abstain is the same in English, in Greek, and in Hebrew. Abstain. Don't go there. Number five, a drifting boat is dangerous to others. If you're a drifting boat on the sea of life, you are a danger to others. A boat that drifting has no direction and is hazardous to other boats on the waterway. If you've ever been skiing or that kind of stuff, you understand that perfectly. You ever heard of the expression, a loose cannon? That Where that comes from is in the old brilliant days of sail and ships and sail and cannons when they'd go to war and broadside and sometimes the cannon would, after firing, would come off the, the, its uh, moorings and then it, the ship is tossing and turning and this loose cannon is running all over the deck and people are getting hurt. And so sometimes when we become loose cannons, when we don't drift, when we're drifting, we don't stay focused on God, we don't stay on mission, we don't stay in His kingdom calling, we become that. Just for a quick one, Drifting parents, you miss the golden opportunity to teach and instruct your children in the ways of the Lord. And I want to encourage you once again, remember the promises you made when you dedicated your baby. Those that have been married, go back and look over those promises you made to one another when you gave your marriage vows. Romans 16, 17. Appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause division. And create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. And I was just, <laughs> when you get into a situation like that in the church, and the elders have made a decision and they say, warned them once, warned them twice, have nothing to do with them, that means the church. It doesn't mean the elders, it means everybody. And then we have the mercy heart people who go behind the back and then try and interfere with what the Holy Spirit is doing in their lives because he is working. Throw out your anchor. Stop drifting. Hebrews 39, do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. Number six, drifting boat end up as a shipwreck. It will end up on the waterfall, going over the waterfall, and uh, unless we pay attention to this, it will cause damage in our lives. Hebrews 2.1, we quoted that first part in the beginning, verse 2. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression, my brain's running faster than my mouth, or disobedience received a just retribution. How shall we escape if we neglect? Such a great salvation. Christ paid the ultimate price for us. Let us not neglect it. It was declared first by the Lord and it was attested to us by those who heard. Pay attention to our life. Pay attention to the kingdom calling on your life. Pay attention to the great commission. Three quick signs of uh, drifting, which means in my, what I'm 
point I'm making is diminishing interest, if I could put it that way. Psalm 1.1 said, uh, blessed is the, uh, drifting from God's word and prayer is the first one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Dan helped us this morning for us to meditate on God's word. Don't just take, uh, you know, my problem is, you know, the way God has me is I love to go down rabbit warrens. I can't just prepare a word and we get to the word, therefore. Now, which seems very simple and everybody else passes over it, but I now want to know why is the therefore. And then I go on these rabbit warrens. So it takes me more than 30, 40 hours to prepare a sermon for half an hour because then I get, okay, now I get a better deal of that. Anyway, moving on. God wants us to know him, not about him. Our hearts to worship him become diminished. We just dial out. We look around. Wow, nice building. Scripture is full of God's people gathering together to worship and pray together. Drifting from being with God's people. And of course, this includes over this last time the the the, the excitement to join. I don't know about you, but every time people have said, we've been watching online, but we decided to come to church today, oh, it is so different. We, yeah. So the presence of the Lord is so much deeper here. Yeah. Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us get that joy back in us again. A time to incorporately encourage and edify one another. You cannot do that through the TV screen. Hebrews 10.25. Some people have given up the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. This is reading from the contemporary English version. We should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know that the day of the Lord is getting closer. Especially because... People matter, and it matters that we encourage one another. And it matters that we rub shoulders with each other. It matters that we encourage and uplift and pray for one another. Where your treasure is, your heart will also be there. Is that a treasure? Is it a value for you to come together, to worship, to gather together, to bring honor to the king? We know that the real work is done out there. This is half time for us to gather and to get encouragement and upliftment because the mission and the kingdom is out there. When we drift, number three, when we drift from the Great Commission, Acts 8, 4, now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Now, now we just read that without understanding why they were scattered. They were scattered because of persecution. That's where you get the, the great diaspora, those that went out about they went, they, were, they went about preaching the word and understanding it didn't matter. And they went from this home and they went to the other home, whose house, and they preached the word of God there. And they gathered people for dining room fellowship. It wasn't difficult, but it was difficult times. <clears throat> I guess I always think about what will happen when real persecution comes 
to our neck of the woods. Think about it. They were dispossessed of their current homes, their careers, their friends, but they still saw the Great Commission as of vital importance. They took the treasure with them and wherever they went, they preached the word of God. They got to know those around them. They got to engage other people. 1 Thessalonians 1.8, for not only has the word of Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we not say anything. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Doesn't matter where you come from, can you imagine if it read this? The word of the Lord has sounded forth from you in, pick your place, pick your city, pick your province. But your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. We, are, we not only need to testify to the Great Commission, but our lifestyle should be an example of that Great Commission. Thank you, Paul. Deep, great, wonderful. In closing, when a pastor says he's closing, that means another half an hour. Remedies against drifting. Number one, keep rowing the boat. It's not hard. We're in the boat. Keep rowing the boat. We rowed ourselves to where we were. Sorry, am I shouting? I'm not. I'm just enthusiastic. I'm, uh, I get excited. We need to stay on mission with his kingdom and him in focus. I love what Ty said last night. You, we want to we wanna preach the kingdom. We want to talk about the king, but the throne is empty. We need to put Jesus back on the throne in our lives and our hearts and our minds and make sure that we are honoring the king from that perspective. In 2 Peter 1 verses 5 to 10, it starts with make every effort to supplement your faith with and then it goes on and tells us what we should do that. As I said earlier, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Add to your faith. In the Greek, what this literally means is lead up hand in hand, alluding to us. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but when I first started going to church and Bridget took me to church, after being walking around in the world for 20 years, they wanted, every time we joined together, they wanted to hold hands. I was like, I don't want to hold your hand. Don't touch me. Leave me alone. <laughs> but that's what this whole thing means in Scripture. When you supplement your faith with, and then the whole point is we are connected. We are holding hands together for the king. We are adding to ourselves virtue and knowledge and self-control. It was the chorus, okay, too long to try and explain it to you, but the Grecian dances when they did and the whole thing had to do with the choreographer and all that, and that's what this scripture actually expounds on. Get us back to earth, Philippians 3.12. Not that I've already obtained this. Great Paul, Apostle Paul says this. Not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect. But, you know, when there's but there, it negates what you've just said. I press on to make it my own. I haven't got it. I haven't attained it. I love Dan's vulnerability because he is a good Bible teacher. And he says, I haven't got it all. I don't understand it all. And uh, me too. 
Christ has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Forget where I was. Forget what was happening behind me. Forget, if I may so bold to say, forget COVID. Okay, some of you are convinced. Forget what lies behind. Straining forward to what lies ahead. The kingdom calling is what lies ahead. Jesus didn't, well, I've got to go to Jerusalem. I know what's waiting for me in Jerusalem. I'm not so sure I want to be there. It's, it's not going to be nice. People around him were going to cry ugly. But he was like, no, keep my face focused and purposed to go to Jerusalem for our sake. For the sake of the kingdom, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let, of, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you. <laughs> I love that piece. Well, I know. I got it. I got it sorted. I think. I know. Holy Spirit, come and just reveal to me what it really is like. I'm not drifting. I am connected. I'm pressing on. I'm straining forward for that upward call. Number two, we need to be aware of undercurrents. There's always some undercurrent that will want to drift you off course. We have different undercurrents in our lives. 1 Peter 2.11 says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Galatians 5.16, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When we stay in sync with Holy Spirit, when we allow Him in the mornings, in the afternoons, in the evenings, any time of day to speak into our lives, we will stay focused and we will stay connected. It is so that Ephesians, Paul writing to the Ephesians puts it this way, he says, no longer that we will be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. That's what's happening in the world today. We are in a war. If you don't know it today, now you do. And we have to continue not to be children. We need to grow up and mature. Number three, expect to go against the flow of the river. We have to make sure that we are going with the flow of the river. The last one, we must have a firm anchor, rooted and grounded and built up in Christ, our hearts and minds fixed on Jesus, a steadfast anchor of hope in Christ, an anchor rooted in Christ's love. Thank you very much. Bless you. Thanks, Kirk.